Good day. I am coming to you today on Tuesday, November 10th, to talk about all the changes we've had recently with immigration. It has been a very, very busy month with respect to changes with immigration law in Canada and the United States. And I thought I would use this time to give you a really good understanding of some of the changes and also to talk through as to what are the possible impacts to you regarding the changes to immigration law. So we're going to speed through a lot of new information. And if you follow us on Ask Canadian Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka podcast, you'll be able to keep up to date on all the changes. We also have a newsletter that you can sign up for. It's a monthly newsletter. And we also have weekly blogs and updates because there's so much changing with with respect to COVID and immigration and the borders, as I'm sure you know. So let's start talking about all things immigration. So the very first thing, obviously, is that there is now um, there's going to be a new administration in the United States. And with that, there may be some immigration changes as well as it relates to, you know, the border, as it relates to how they're managing COVID. So I think it's about let's watch and see what happens, if anything, that changes that could impact the, your ability to come to Canada or your ability to enter the United States. I definitely see some changes will be coming down the line with respect to U.S. immigration in terms of how some of the processing has been managed um, and some of the animosity, obviously, that immigration lawyers in the United States have been dealing with the former administration. So I think when it comes to that, it's about wait and see what happens and we go from there. One thing I want to talk about that is affecting some of our clients it's very common, um, you know, we have people who maybe had something happen to them when they were younger and they have uh, one or two criminal charges and convictions. And we used to be able to do U.S. visa waivers at the border, at the airport. They would at least be able to submit and get all their biometrics done and it would be received by U.S. immigration officials at the airport on the days that they were receiving visa waiver applications. And recently, um, that has changed as of September, what is happening as a result with respect to their, um, their immigration and their visa waivers. So stay tuned. As soon as we know more, we'll let you know. But at the moment, everybody that's Canadian that needs a visa waiver now must submit through the eSafe system. And then when they know that they are doing biometrics, we'll be able to send them to do the biometrics, which definitely means that the applications will be delayed considerably. And it's definitely affecting our clients. They can't travel um, for business or for pleasure in the United States at the moment until they can get the visa waiver situation sorted out and resolved. So please hang on and give us a call at ACO Law if you have any questions. We'd be happy to help see what we can do to assist you. Um, even right now, the Nexus program, I can speak for myself, even with my children, and we have Nexus in our family, but we were able to renew for an extra year without doing an interview, all because at the moment, they're not doing interviews. So this is another indication of how COVID has affected us here is we were given automatic extensions for one year because of COVID. Not that anyone is traveling at the moment, but if you were going to travel, even within Canada and wanted to use your Nexus Pass to get in the Nexus line, you will have an expired Nexus card and maybe you can take the paperwork with you that you got from the Nexus office to confirm that you actually have been extended for an extra year. So that's something to think about. Um, 
And I think it's very important um, as we look forward to seeing some of the changes that may come into play with the new Biden administration. There have been a number of changes in Canadian immigration related to COVID. And so one of the ones I want to talk to you about is about um, the fact that now people that are here as visitors are eligible to renew their visitor visas internally. They don't have to leave. And also, if you are a visitor in Canada and have an LMIA, you can apply for work permit without leaving the country. And if you have the ability, maybe a job offer, and you're under a non-LMIA category, you can also change your status. This is new because in the historical past, you weren't allowed to do anything inside Canada. If you were a visitor, that was your status. And you had to process out of the country at the consulate that would be your home country. But now because of COVID, they're not sending people back. So that's something to think about. If you're here as a visitor and you're thinking and looking for employment, maybe you found a position already, you want to know that if you have a position with an LMIA or non-LMIA under a treaty, for instance, or an intercompany transfer, you can apply for a work permit through Immigration Refugee Canada, Citizenship Canada and stay in Canada while you're processing. And they're also being more flexible about when you can even start your new employment um, if you've submitted your application. So lots of changes. Um, and I think it's really difficult to stay up to date. So please be sure to give us a call at ACA Law and see what we can do to help you. 403-452-9515. And we can assist you with your questions. In Canada, something else that has really changed in Alberta as, a, as it relates to, uh, to COVID has been the focus of the economy. A number, number of people are, are unemployed as a result of COVID and their businesses have closed down. So the Alberta government has really been facing the brunt of it, I would say, in Canada due to oil and gas decline, but also due to COVID decline. They have come up with some new measures to focus on supporting Canadians and permanent residents first. So, for instance, now they have limited the temporary foreign worker program with where you need a labor market impact assessment to only certain essential job classifications. They have created a list of positions where they will not approve an LMIA due to the fact that there are so many unemployed Canadians in those job categories. So if you're thinking about getting an LMIA in Alberta, you need to be very careful and know that it will take you time and there's a high likelihood of refusal if if it's in one of those job classifications. We wanna make sure you're not in one of those if we can help you. The other thing that's come up is the government is limiting as well the express entry numbers at the moment for those that fit into the Alberta Immigrant Nominee Program. They are also limiting the numbers of those that are being selected. Right now we're getting close to the end of the year and the numbers available are very, very low because again, they're concerned about um, you know, Albertans first and taking care of Albertans who are here that are unemployed, that need um, employment. So they're looking at measures to limit the accessibility for permanent residents for certain categories of people in Alberta. So there are lots of other provinces, of course, that are busy. BC and Ontario are thriving and they're looking for highly skilled people all the time. And so if that is something that is of interest to you, you should be looking as well to see um, where else you may want to do a labor market application if Alberta is not a feasible location for you. One thing that is good is that Alberta has launched two new immigration pathways 
for for foreign graduates. They're looking at ways to keep the foreign students that are here, that are finishing school, that are bringing their expertise, that clearly are adaptable. They're wanting them to stay in Alberta and to look at starting businesses. So one of the programs is the Graduate Entrepreneur Immigration Stream. And this is a program that started October 26th, so just a couple weeks ago, that's focused on recent graduates who want to stay, who want to look at starting up businesses and look at entrepreneurship. This is a really um, it's a really great program because they're focused on the high-tech industry. They're focused as well on those who went to school here that speak English, that are adaptable, and that have business skills or great technical skills so they can start up a business here. The other one is the Foreign Graduate Startup Visa. So there are two different programs for foreign graduates, but you must have graduated from Alberta, and we want to keep them here from either those who were working in the United States to move to Canada and launch a business is who they're looking at. That program is going to start in January 2021. So that might be an option for people, even if you didn't go to school in Canada. If you went to school from the United States and you want to move to Canada, we can help you in Alberta under this foreign graduate startup visa program. So I would say give us a call and let's look at your options. Let's see if you qualify. It would be great to get ready and be the first of the bunch in the January stream that's starting the program and go from there. Another change that has occurred in the COVID programming is relating to non-discretionary travel and quarantine exemptions. This is big news here. Um, There has been a change in Alberta where we're doing a pilot program in the, the Calgary airport and the Coots border crossing for people to have a shorter quarantine period. So rather than the two weeks requirement now, people come in and they get tested upon arrival and then they get tested again two days later. They must stay in Alberta for 14 days, but it means that people can travel for business and not necessarily have to quarantine. After they've had a successful test after two days, they can go about their business as long as they stay in the province of Alberta. So many people are looking at this as they're considering moving or going on vacation. Um, You won't have such a long quarantine stuck in your house once you have successfully tested negative for COVID. So we're hoping that when this this program will be launched, it will, um, will be launched across the country. Right now it is a pilot only in Calgary at the airport and at the Coots, Sweetgrass, Montana border crossing. So as I say, lots of news, lots of changes. Um, One thing I want to bring out is relating to travel into Canada for um, humanitarian and compassionate grounds. You know, this is close to us because we had a client who came in as a temporary, as a worker under NAFTA and got very ill and then was in the hospital. And we were looking at ways to help his extended family join him in Canada to, you know, provide support. And usually it's near the end. And thank goodness he turned around and did much better. But even the process, I mean, doctors have to write letters. It's pretty high threshold, unfortunately, to bring in your family members, even if it might be close to the end. So I'm hoping that maybe with the change in the government, there'll be a little bit more flexibility in the United States about people coming to Canada there might be more opportunities for family members to be together um, and, and not just non-discretionary you know, basis, but even just humanitarian compassionate to be together 
given that it's been eight months of COVID and there are still families and family members that are separated. And it's, it's quite a sad time for many, many people. So I'm hoping that things might change. The last real update I want to focus on is respect to designated learning institutions and travel exemptions for certain schools that qualify for the travel exemptions for their DLI. So right now, uh, a number of study permit holders are doing school out of Canada because they could not get on the plane because of COVID. And so little by little, the Canadian government is looking at the school and looking at their COVID strategies and giving approvals to certain schools to be designated legal institutions that are exempted so that their students can enter Canada and, you know, quarantine for two weeks and then continue on with their studies from Canada. So we're watching this on a regular basis. We'll keep you updated on any changes. We get asked regularly about, you know, coming to school in Canada and getting a study permit. And honestly, at the moment, I think it's worth waiting or applying, expecting that you might not start school till September. It's just very stressful for flying, but also for the two weeks of quarantining. And then if you come here and you don't know anybody, it's difficult to be um, stuck in your apartment or your, your dorm without the supports that you might need to you know, be successful in school, especially under foreign fees that you pay. It's quite a lot. So I think give us a call if you want to talk through the strategies, some of the things that I've talked about. Happy to discuss them with you at any time. Again, I am Evelyn Aka from Ask Canadian Immigration Lawyer Podcast. Evelyn Aka, give us a call at 403-452-9515. I hope you will sign up to get our regular podcasts and that you will give us a great Google review. That really makes a difference for people finding us and learning about all the information that we share with you. Take good care, stay safe, and until next time, I'll talk to you soon. I'm Evelyn Aka. Bye-bye.